almost speak for you because they understand they collect intelligence which is just what you're talking about in the pubs and in the bars and restaurants and to each other at work they understand that and they come out and give you plausible excuses to to do with that but they also give you the spins along with it yet this whole 9-11 deal that's kicked off this new American century project was planned years and years before 9-11 happened and without 9-11 happening it could never have happened in fact they needed it they needed this and it's not just a new American century every country pretty well on the planet has gone into it with them which means it took years to set up in advance be back with more after these messages all down through the ages as they rely upon 
anything and everything because they tend to, to panic, you see. Here they're going into the virtual worlds, which they've set up, by the way. And this is an article from the BBC News on March 3rd, 2008. It says here, the U.S. government has begun a project to develop ways to spot terrorists who are using virtual worlds. It's not, it's not good enough that you're communicating to each other and being spied on. Another into the virtual worlds where all the cooks go. And I have to admit it's cooks who are going into it, or very young people who don't know any better. But there are adults as well going into these virtual worlds when they create their own little fantasy, all new agers, of course, and live this fantasy life in preparation for the brain chip where they'll actually be in it. And this is says, was on to say, codenamed Reynard, it aims to recognize normal behavior in online worlds and home in an anomalous activity. So here already now they're going to create whole categories of what's normal. Now these are the characters who give you all these slaughter video games and all the rest of it are giving you the virtual worlds, uh, but, but they're going to see if you're normal or not as they go into it. It says, it's unlikely to develop tools, or it's likely to develop tools and techniques for intelligence officers. And I don't know whether they're going to find intelligence in these officers who are hunting terrorists and terror groups on the net or in virtual worlds. The project was welcomed by experts. Again, those experts are strange characters coming from different wombs, tracking terror groups using the net to organize or carry out attacks. Growing threat. Oh, brief details about Renard came to light in a report sent to the U.S. Congress by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, which coordinates the work of U.S. intelligence agencies. In that report, which talked about the data mining efforts undertaken by the ODNI, Reynard was described as a seedling effort to study the emerging phenomenon of social, particularly terrorist, dynamics in virtual worlds and large-scale online games and their implications for the intelligence community. Using publicly available data, Raynard researchers will carry out observational studies to establish baseline normative behaviors. Do you realize this will go eventually into the brain chip and they're already going to decide what's normal and abnormal? And believe you me, if you have some abnormal thought like thinking for yourself in the world that's coming into existence, they only bring you in to, to rectify you rather quick, or else they're going to eradicate you. Once these normative behaviors are identified, Reynard will then apply the lessons learned to determine the feasibility of automatically detecting suspicious behavior and actions in the virtual world. Now, once he went into suspicious behavior now, maybe you use the occasional phrase from the Quran or a poem and, and that would be enough to get you into suspicious behavior. It's a positive step, said Andrew Cochran, founder and co-chairman of the Counterterrorism Foundation. This is the Make Work Project for, it's going to rake in billions. For a number of years, we were behind in chasing jihadist presence on the net and detecting it. What a joke. They set up Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda actually was a term the CIA initially used for an intelligence network they set up via computer and communications devices to contact their own agents in the field when the Russians had gone into Afghanistan. Hmm? And to continue here, that's a very sensible step at the moment, said Roderick Jones, Vice President of Concentric Solutions. 
and former Special Branch Officer just to feel their way around them and work out what new intelligence collection methods might be required to deal with this threat because you won't be able to use traditional law enforcement methods. Maybe they'll virtually stun you with a gun. New Worlds, a senior intelligence officer at the ODNI said Reynard was in its very earliest stages and it would be too soon to see which online worlds it would be studying. He added that any work on it would be purely for research rather than for operational purposes. I think it's highly unlikely terrorists would use things like Second Life or World of Warcraft as they do not have the necessary security, said Mr. Jones. Terrorists use the Internet at the moment uh, they rely on passwords, protected forums, he added. A BBC documentary, by the way, uh, a few years ago, showed that, that there were no terrorist organizations in Britain to do with the jihad. But the BBC documentary did say that many young people were being put into or, or starting to join organizations set up as sting operations by the British Intelligence Service. So I keep telling young people, don't join anything. They'll say all the right things to get you stirred up, but you're being led by the nose. This is old techniques. It says, it was inevitable that terror groups would make greater use of the Internet and the possibilities that virtual spaces offered them, said Mr. Jones. There's more a chance of things like jihad worlds coming online in the next five years, he thinks. The virtual richness of virtual worlds would make them good places to educate recruits about techniques, said Mr. Jones, maybe in Kung Fu, eh? Attack pattern we can see emerging in cyberspaces and virtual communities that would be wholly virtual, he said. It would organize and radicalize and virtual. I wonder what they're going to charge the public, by the way, for their, their virtual SWAT teams that go into these virtual worlds and eradicate the, the ones that are not behaving normally. What a farce it's becoming, isn't it? An utter, utter farce. Many groups were likely to use the expertise and skills they learned in the virtual worlds to target key net systems. Well, they know that because they gave all the war games to the children 20 years ago to make sure there's a generation of nihilistic barbarians for this particular time in history because they wanted them in the military and go off and slaughter people abroad and, and wipe out all animals and people in kill zones and throw puppies over cliffs. That's the system. See, they gave us that. They gave us that with the media too because the media and entertainment industry works with the security intelligence services, always planning and bringing on a culture to suit the future, which they've planned. And we're surprised when it happens, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ken Silva, Chief Technology Officer for Verisign, which oversees some of the next core address books, says such an attack could be devastating, devastating. We see a continual growth in the amount of horsepower in attacks that are directed at infrastructure servers, said Mr. Silva. We are seeing a large shift from attacks that are directed at individual websites, he said. The sophistication is getting a little smarter and they are attacking the infrastructure pieces behind them, which is typically in most production environments many at least invested in. Some of the basic systems of the net, such as the border gateway protocol, which helps data reaches intended destination were open to attack. This is all bunkum because this is sewn up. An, an accidental misfiguration of BGP in some routers in Pakistan caused the recent problems with YouTube, which left many people unable to reach the video site. 
and also when they were NSA were rewiring all the underground cables of India and of Pakistan and of, of the various Middle Eastern countries uh, just about a month ago there um, it was it was them that were doing the NSA were doing that to make sure they could route all information into their own systems faster immediately BGP is essentially a relatively unprotected protocol and is seriously vulnerable to disruption he said should that happen again it would take a very long time to correct that situation this has to be fought at every level he said so here you are virtual worlds where they're going to do more surveys on everyone operating within them and create normative value scenarios. I'll be back with more after the following messages. Yes, I can. Okay, yeah, there were some problems with the phone earlier, so I just want to make sure. Um, I was thinking about something yesterday I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you know, earlier, a couple years ago, about five years ago or four years ago, um, I was living in a, in a sort of ghetto neighborhood, and um, I wanted to invite, uh, I invite, I mean, I invited some homeless people to come and live with me because they were struggling. Uh, you know, they were sort of friends of friends of mine, and, and um, you know, I, I started to notice that, um, Everybody around me was was sort of psychopathic. Like they were only interested in what they were, what they um, could get for 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 beer, money, cigarette money, and so on. Mm-hmm. And and um, and then and then I started to notice that there was this mark, of, like a badge of a badge of honor in the ghetto. They call it getting over, mm-hmm. where you prove that you're smart by taking advantage of, of people, taking their generosity for stupidity is considered was considered a um, badge of honor. You know that that if you 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 were more street smart. So I began to be very frustrated, and because I didn't believe, I didn't believe in prisons and jails and law enforcement. I didn't believe in calling the cops. Um, I um, started to turn to magic and voodoo, thinking that maybe I could, uh, you know, put some fear into them to respect me. And plus, they were also bullying and also wanted to fight all the time. And because um, I thought, you know, I didn't believe in police and jails. I, I wanted an alternative to the system we have. And, and I was thinking, you know, an African man told me that. In Benin, you can leave a hundred dollars on the table, and no one, no one will steal it because of the fear of, of the curse, you know. Mm-hmm. And but then it, then it led me down to this quagmire, and I started to become take on psychopathic traits myself. <laughs> yep. You know, and um, now of course I see I see past all that. Um, but I'm wondering what you think of all this, and 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 in a system without police and judges and jails and money, how would you how would you deal with psychopaths at the bottom? How would you take care of people like that? Or how would, a, how would a community take care of people like that again? No one's ever, for the actual psychopathic type, and they are all done through society, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's come up with a solution because no, no, there's no, it's a personality disorder, not an illness. Mm. And there's no treatment available for it. It's almost as though part of the, 
the brain that gives them human emotion or attachment and bonding is not there. Mm. And the ones at the bottom uh, of the level, and it's not all homeless people, obviously, right? but you'll get groups of them that, that do know each other, and they do recognize each other, the same as the ones at the top. Mm -hmm. uh, they recognize the same traits, and they form their own little brotherhoods. Um, you have to be very, very careful. Uh, those that work with people who are homeless can recognize the, the, the normal folk with misfortunes, and they, they do immediately recognize eventually, uh, because they get used to it, the psychopathic types, the, the streetwise characters, Mm -hmm. who, who can read you like a book so quickly and know your weak spots and know how to manipulate you. So th there's no way that they've ever found to, to come up with it. If these same characters were born in affluent families uh, with money and power went to the right schools, they'd be up there with the other psychopaths the ruling us. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And, um, you know, like I realize now I see Pat, I don't, I don't believe in magic and voodoo and all that stuff now. I've changed, you know, I... I I also recognize, too, that a lot of them were trained in prison. They had been in prison. Yeah. And, and so I could see why you live out in the country because, you know, when you, when you live in a psychopathic society and around psychopaths all the time, eventually you start to take on, take on those traits. Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to There's an old saying that you do. You become your opponent. You become your opponent. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, the problem with even the people during the Cold War, uh, the, the, the agencies were dealing uh, with the Cold War, became ultra-paranoid, they employed uh, psych many psychopaths mm. uh, and paranoid people who were classically diagnosed, uh, paranoid schizophrenics, were employed by the Pentagon to put their theories forward, which were adopted by the Pentagon. And um, we found that with, uh, I think it was Jonathan Nash, who they made a movie out of called A uh, Beautiful Mind, totally different from reality, of course, the movie version. The man was not a nice person never was a nice person. He lived in a fantasy world of utter paranoia where everybody around him was doing their own little game. And he introduced game theory into the Pentagon and they ran the whole of the U.S. on behaviorism uh, with the idea that everyone simply worked for their own advantage and had no interest in anyone else, anyone else's safety or, or betterment. And they, they used that in society. And you see it all through society today. We become... We become we became part of the game theory uh, with a psychopathic uh, culture given to us. doesn't mean that everyone in it is psychopathic, but we adopted the culture because it was promoted to us. Yeah, that's why, you know, it's like, I don't think I started out psychopath, and I wasn't interested in, in magic, but, but, you know, it was um, just being around it so much and being hurt by it, being yeah. bullied by people, it, it, I started to get very angry. I started to even hate the, hate the masses or hate the working class. Yeah, because you know, but now now I I view it more, you know, I'm, I'm above. I mean, I view it more from above, you know, from the not above, but I view it more with sympathy. You know, a lot of them have been trained that way. Yeah. And I also noticed too that not all homeless people in my community were like that. There were some that were really genuinely trying to survive. Yeah. But, but I also noticed that the, the psychopathic ones form brotherhoods or they form groups, like you yes, were saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. Oh, you're welcome, Alan. You take care. I'm gonna take care. I'll be back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. the matrix and we're taking callers and we have daniel from california on the line are you there daniel yes i'm here can you hear me yes i can hey what's going on hey um i noticed that they don't have you on on coast no more alan well whatever happened with that they, on the coast yeah they don't they don't call you back no more they're they scared of you now it's coast to coast <laughs> yes oh um well it, uh, i know that the it, ratings i got from that show they said were the best it ever had i'm sure but um, uh, put it this way: if I if I if I was kind to some agendas, I would be back there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure you know. I notice that, and um, I just you know, it, it's just because it's such a broad listening uh-huh. group that they cover. I just you know, I, I I had hoped that you would be on there more, especially after that one show, because you did such a, a fabulous yeah. job. I, I could be on every two weeks if I were along with like some some agendas. Put it that way. Wow. Yeah, hey, uh, I have a question about uh, some ancient history. Uh, do you think the Aztecs and uh, and the Egyptians and and uh, the Phoenicians were connected in some way because of the pyramids yeah. and yeah, definitely yeah, in right. Fact, in fact, um, there was a U.S. professor who wrote American America B.C. Uh, he came from Harvard who did put an excellent few books, actually, on that subject. And uh, he did a dig with students that was was actually put on CBC Radio, as Canadian Broadcasting Corporation for the government. They did a series on his dig in Algonquin Park. And uh, they they dug up the tops of three pyramids, and they did find the the, uh, living quarters of priests, and they found the old ancient Egyptian writing and old, um, uh, they called it proto-Iranian uh, writing. Yeah, no, they even found um, what was, uh, it was like uh, cocoa or something like that in uh, one, of the, one of the Egyptian tombs or something. Uh, they, they found what they found, uh, there the, the, was a Parisian uh, group, uh, surgeons in fact. There we go, that's yeah. They did a, a documentary, it's out there, you can get it. And they, they took apart the stomach contents, even though it was mummified and all the rest of it. But cocaine is a pure substance. There we go. There we and go. they did detect cocaine, which can only have come from South America. That's but the Phoenicians, right. too, uh, were into, they were taking tin from, from England and Cornwall for 500 years, and they kept it secret from, to all their competitors where they were getting this tin because they mixed it with, with, to make bronze with copper. You know, uh, it's- so, and also across Scotland, too, there's Phoenician graves and marked stones uh, which yeah. were found. So these characters were all over the world. Oh, I'm sure, you know, and it's so funny because there's this, I can see this uh, kind of like, they're trying to keep people from uh, from looking back at least 10,000 years. Like, there's a, there's something there that they're not allowed, like, they don't want us to look past 10,000 yes. years ago. Yeah, that's right. In and fact, so, that's why... That's why history began with, in the West, we were given history beginning with Greece, then Rome, and so on. Yes. But you, you go into these prehistoric, or at least uh, megalithic-type structures, even the ones in Peru, 
And these are incredible works of, of uh, in feats of engineering. And they're all over the world, the same types. Plus the standing stones uh, are all over the world with the, the mounds in the middle in the alignment of the stars. So there was obviously a common um, connection between countries at one time in ancient ancient times. They call it prehistory simply because we, we are not given the written works on it. Anything is pre-written. We, we simply are not given uh, anything on it. But Barry Fell is the professor. You should read up Barry Fell's book, uh, America B.C., and the other ones he put out there. They were fantastic works, and he gives all the evidence of what they'd found. Yeah, because, I mean, even... Um, how, how about the... Uh, it, it seems like, you know, like when during the, uh, the Roman conquest of Europe, when the church, the Roman church came and, and was trying to get rid of the remnants of, an, of that old age, mm-hmm. um, when they came over here, it, it, the rush, seems to me, was to get rid of all the shamans over here. All the, well, we, all we, the, we know all that when the Mayan first Roman shaman. invasions, it was the pre-Christian, there were pre-Christian uh, invasions of Britain, and we do know that they'd rounded up all the Druids in main places, and they burned them to death. And, and big uh, longhouses, they burned them to death to eradicate uh, them, yeah. Yeah, but didn't they, didn't they also, is it true that they took some of their religion and amalgamate, um, uh, you know, kind of blended it into theirs? Uh, you'll find basically all the ancient world was, was a form of sh- shamanism. And uh, uh, this is a, they call, it's called the perennial religion. It keeps cropping up. It's here today, the same thing. Yes. Um, uh, because it's very appealing to the individual to become a god. That's what's behind all what they call new age. It's really old age stuff. And, and through all his meditation techniques, the higher up you go, you're eventually told that you can become a god. And that's the great delusion which they're full of. And it's, it's very handy for, for governments to train populations like that because they're, they're taught to deny the negative, don't look at it, look at the nice things in life uh, as their countries are slaughtering people across the planet. <laughs> I know, it works. Believe me, you know, I talk to people every day and you can see that their conditioning kind of, you can see it right on their face sometimes, you know? Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah uh, it, it's, but, it's, but, uh, I better go on to the next caller, though. Okay, well, thank you, Alan. So thanks for calling. Hey, you got Jim from Texas. Are you there, Jim? Yeah, I'm here. Yep. Uh, I'm glad you started off your show talking about PNAC or Project for a New American Century, mm-hmm. which is nothing but an update of the protocols of the learned elder, elders of Zion. This is uh, the modern day, the last stage, is more or less, in my opinion, what it is. This well, is, the, the learned elders of Zion is, is an interesting Read, there's no doubt that whoever did write it certainly knew an agenda, and that's what's perplexing about it all. Uh, we know, again, that, that high, there were high groups. Uh, we know, too, that it came out before it came out in Russia, but it was actually circulated in France uh, about 60 years before that, and uh, it was altered again to blame one, just one group. And, and, of course, we know, too, that in the 1800s, even Blavatsky's group at one point and other groups, Masonic groups, were calling themselves Zion with its learned elders. You, you so can go back not, to Adam not specifically, It's not a specifically Jewish thing at all, really, although, although Jews can join it. You know. But um, whoever wrote it certainly did understand uh, even sports. They said this pushed push sports to the extreme at a time when there were no sports arenas anywhere in the West. Now they're everywhere. So they, they knew those parts would be pushed in. They knew, too, that culture would have to be destroyed. 
Now, that was not a new theory because in the 1700s, when all of this stuff first came out in the French Revolution, lots of the big writers, uh, Voltaire and others, talked about the necessity to completely, um, and Proudhon afterwards and different ones talked about the necessity to, to totally debase society, that all that was existing is moral, destroy it all step by step until there was no morality whatsoever, or even the memory of what was moral, in order to bring in a new society. And that's really what the, the, the same agenda is today. Uh, that was started by Adam Weishaupt in, in Germany. It was not started by Weishaupt at all. Weishaupt was only one man in one of the groups whose name well, popped up because they yeah, caught him. Yeah, but, but to go back, it was started in ancient Egypt or even before that. It's the same, same plan, same, same principle. Brotherhoods, but, but this is how psychopaths, again, will always go in the same direction. You see, the only people truly, and the psychiatrists all agree with this one thing, um, and every, every study that's been done on psychopaths, psychopaths are the only people who are truly predictable by their natures. Therefore, they will always repeat the same formulas done through history, when they get in control, they must always repeat the same scenarios. Yeah, so absolutely. They're like the scorpion and the frog. Why did yep. you sting me in the middle of the river? Because that's what I do, and that's what these people do. Yeah. They've been doing it for thousands of years, and they cannot even control it. They don't even understand what they're doing. Okay, they do it because that's what we do. That's what they did in the Boer War in England, which is controlled by this self-same ethnic tribe that we're talking about. It's not just one ethnic tribe here. What you're looking at is a conglomeration of psychopaths from all the dominant tribes that now belong to one. I mean, Winston Churchill belonged to them just as much as the rest of and them. And Winston Churchill was bailed out by a certain ethnic gentleman in 1936 when he was going <laughs> bankrupt. And he became a, an obedient slave to him from there on after. He was he, he, he was pally with Baruch, but so were the so were FDR and all the rest of them. Well, but, yeah, but, he but was he, with these him, guys. These but, guys don't serve just the bankers. The, the psychopaths will interbreed with every group, and that's what the, even of Japanese. Course they do. It's not just Jews. I mean, most Jews have no idea what we are talking about. Oh. At the top, as I say, you've got primarily just one, one thing that is recognizable, and that's from all groups, all groups, and that's the psychopath who is interbred right. with the other psychopath. And believe you me, it wouldn't matter what you call them, any term at all, uh, it, it's a psychopathic nature which will repeat ad nauseum right. until, until, the public, until the public um, start to participate in their own destinies rather than sitting back and being entertained and, and to stop giving power to people that, that you're taught to almost worship. But I right. mean, everybody that they present to you to vote for, you know, people literally, uh, and this is again a sad thing with human nature, they grovel in front. People grovel. The poorer they are, the worse it is. They grovel to riches. They grovel and they bow their heads and they feel shame for their poverty. To riches and power. It all goes yeah. back to the to the uh, the old, I don't know actually where it, where it originated from, but the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, Everybody would argue about, well, is this the most extraordinary finery I've ever seen, or is it just, well, it's better than normal clothes. I know. Except we'll have to go on to the next guy, which is Jim in no Texas. Clothes. 
You have to keep going through. We've got five lined up here. Okay, we'll go to uh, Mo in Oregon. Are you there, Mo? Uh, uh, Mr. Allen? Yes. Can you hear me good? Yeah. Okay, good. You see, be, I... Be quick, though. Be quick. Sure, 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 sure. You see, there is uh, today uh, my internet company, uh, because we have problems all the time, we, uh, we call them. They came, and then, because we live on the fourth, uh, fourth floor, they came, and they went on the top of the... Uh, some places in, uh, on the top, and they went and checked everything. So these people are uh, spies. They come to your home. I mean, they look at everything in your home. They check everything. I mean, what the hell? I mean, it, it, it looks like to me, I went through a, a inspection. I yeah. mean, it was very, very awful. And, uh, you know, is that happening in Canada too? Same thing? It will happen with certain people. If, if they put you on a list, they will do it, yeah. Uh, is that and, and then you know and, and another thing is that uh, Iran will the sanctions stop the bomb or start the war? Can you please uh, answer that for us? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I hear their top man in Iran is saying two things. Uh, two, it's like the fork man, the fork tongue with the white man. Um, it's difficult to say what game is going on here because he's already said uh, that he, he would give credence to the United Nations. And I'm just wondering if the United Nations is getting built up to, the big, to be the big hero that it was meant to be uh, by all of this uh, fracas. They might bring us to the brink of war, terrorize us all, and, and then they'll tell us that we can't go on like this and the UN must take over and everybody will breathe a sigh of relief. So who knows? I see. Uh, thank you very much. And as you know that right now there is a, a French uh, exercise going on with the Gulf countries, and they have made an uh, artificial island inside near to the Persian Gulf, and they are attacking that island, and etc. Uh, they brought a lot of, you know, they made an artificial island inside the Persian, near to Persian Gulf, and yeah. then they are using that as a target uh, mm -hmm. to practice. With oh, yeah. the French, as of right now, until until uh, five more days is going on. Oh, Thank you yeah. very much, Mr. Mo. Uh, Mr. Allen. Thank you very much, sir. Bye. Bye now. Now we've got Andrew from Texas here. There, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. I know it's Andrew in Victoria. Okay, go ahead. Hi, Alan. So I'm noticing that there may be some shifts going on. Uh, that is, you know, plans coming unraveled, and I'm thinking specifically. In the last couple of weeks, apparently a couple of stealth bombers in the U.S. Air Force have gone down. It's the first time that's ever happened. Uh -huh. And then, you know, the incident with the uh, cruise missiles back in August, the uh, six that, you know, went missing and five were found later, those all seem to have the hallmarks of sabotage on them. And it's occurring to me that enough people are starting to pay attention and wake up that, uh, you know, some of the plans of the big boys are starting to come apart. I don't know if it's even real what they tell us because uh, see, they don't have to tell us anything that's really happening. So when they tell us that, that they, that they uh, flew a bunch of uh, A-bombs somewhere and uh, by mistake, uh, that just doesn't happen. And they've got so many fail-safes, they can't do that. So I wonder what the real game is, is to terrify us that all is, the world is so unsafe. You know, I don't know. Could be. It could be. As you say, they don't have to tell us anything. They don't. Um, they don't. Yeah. Really, yeah. you mean the, the biggest blunders they make, they never tell you. Yes. Yeah, so 
I'm very suspicious of what they're doing. They do want to terrorize the public from a thousand ways. And yeah. uh, this is another way to do it, to make, make us think, my God, we've got bombs missing now, and it's happening right now. They're, they're still losing them. That just does not happen with all the fail-safes. They don't lose planes or, or bombs or anything, or even go off in the wrong direction. It doesn't happen. Well, that's true. It's, that's not possible. Yeah. And uh, switching gears slightly, I wanted to mention another book called Cloak of Green by Elaine Dewar. I've and, heard of that one, yeah. Yeah, I've got it on order. Apparently she spends about a fifth of the book uh, taking apart Maurice Strong, who, of course, you know about. Yeah. And it's telling that, uh, of course, I went to my local library system, not available. I went to my local university where I have a card, not available. And I think I've managed to find a copy, and hopefully it's on its way. But, uh, mm-hmm. again, it shows you. And, and yet, you know, the, the university here teaches, uh, you know, environmental sciences and so on, and yet one of... You know, any anything that detracts from what they're teaching simply isn't available to these students. Yes, that's the standard. Well, universities are the main way to shape. I think it was Thatcher said that years ago. She says that we must make sure that the university students get the main indoctrinations because they become the future leaders and they must believe what they're taught. Right. So they limit access to any conflicting data so that they'll come through their education truly believing they know it all and it's all the harder to break through to them then because they truly do believe they know it all. It works that easily. Yes. I'll be Here's back. The music. With, uh, yeah, I'll be back with more Hang On after these messages. on the last leg of this talk. And uh, is the caller still on the line? No. Hi, Alan. Hello, yes. Did you have anything left to add? Uh, no, not, not really, but uh, certainly, you know, what you're talking about with the universities and, and uh, you know, essentially dumbing, dumbing people down. And of course, the problem we run into is that we're also brainwashed to only accept people with certain credentials and so that's correct the experts the experts yeah mm-hmm. yeah but no I'll, I'll go and let somebody get on the line and uh, we'll talk again okay thanks for calling thanks Alan. now but in adrian from washington are you there adrian hello alan how are you doing good how about yourself i'm kicking on yep all right that sounds good hey uh i know we don't have enough time but i wanted to uh point the listeners out to a movie that I've read upon on. It's called Return to Red, and uh, it deals with the harp technology, and uh, it starts off with a quote from Zygmunt Brzezinski, and uh, it's low budget, and uh, parts of the movie are a bit dramatic, but uh, it's worth looking at. Uh, there was times when you described uh, how the harp was sound over the shortwave radio, it was like the whoop. Yeah. And they had that exact same noise inside of the movie, so uh-huh. it's definitely what was, it, what, was to check out. This, what was the name of this movie? Return to Red. Return to Red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it a recent one or an old one? It looks old to me, but it's labeled 2007. 
Okay. But it looks like an older movie, but it's definitely worth looking at. Uh, the the over-exaggerated parts, you know, the, the effects of what happens to the people, you know, you see people banging their heads against the wall, yep. things like that, the nosebleed and all that. And I understand that's part of Hollywood, but it deals with, you know, uh, ultra-magnetic frequencies affecting uh, mental states. Yes. So it's definitely worth checking out. You I'll know. do. I'll try that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, if you have time, I'd like to contact you after the show for a little bit. I don't want to take up your time. I know you got to get something to eat and everything. Yeah, you, you could. You better give me 20 minutes to start the uploads first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you again. All right. Bye. Yeah, I know Adrian. We, we do a bit of chatting back and forth. And I don't know if we've got time, we'll try, I think we've got, uh, is it Methuen in California? Hey. Hello, go ahead. Yeah, I had a question about, um, you spoke of, uh, or you wrote about troglodytes in your first book. Yeah. And um, you talked about perfect possession the other day. I was just curious how those two are related and how those two interact at the top of the chain. Uh, troglodytes, again, is a term uh, given by the, the ancient Greeks. Mm -hmm. uh, they called them the... The the Horites in in by the by the uh, when the Rome was ruling that area, and you also find Horites mixing supposedly with the, the northern tribes of Israel in the old Bible. Uh, they were albino type people, very ferocious, and then interbred with Manasseh, who became ferocious, red hair, blue eyed, and they actually fought against the rest of the tribes of Israel. Long long so story. But we can't really fill it all in on at this time, and yeah. the music's coming in for the ending. Maybe we'll okay. go into that in another show. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Well, from Hamish and myself up here in Ontario, Canada, where it's rather icy and snowy, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.